Welcome to the Lost Boys to Found Fathers podcast. I'm Gabriel O'Sullivan, and joining me today is my co-host, Will Haycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Good morning, Will. Good morning, Gabe. So we're going to start back into uh, where we kind of left off last time and uh, discussing like who understands our pain. If you've unfortunately uh, suffered the loss of a child, you've, you've certainly been there where you just wondered, who gets me? Like, who knows what I'm going through? And, uh, you know, a lot of times people can come up to you and say things like they understand because they lost some other kind of friend or family member or like they lost a pet, you know, or something. Uh, and you're like, man, that, no, you don't get what I'm going through here. And so we we, we uh, put forth last week the premise that at least God understands. And we explained kind of why we went through some of that. We're going to continue with th- that thought uh, this week. So I'm going to throw it over to Will. Yeah, thanks, Gabe. Thanks, guys. This is episode 19. We're excited to keep moving along here. We're almost at episode 20, which is pretty crazy to think about since we just started this podcast a few months ago. And me and Gabe were talking before we started this about some, some people that reached out to us on Facebook and, and just told them, told us that it meant a lot to them and that they've been listening to the podcast. So we are humbled and, and blessed to hear that there are people out there who this podcast has meant something to, and we don't want to take any credit from that. We want to just praise the Lord that he's, allowed us to be used in a way that that glorifies him and brings people closer to him. So uh, just thank you all for listening, and we pray that the Lord will continue to to work through this podcast to to make differences in people's lives. So like Gabe said, uh, we're going to continue along with this series here, Does Anyone Understand My Pain? Just to give you a quick recap, if you uh, it's been a little while since you listened to episode 18, we talked about, like Gabe said, that God knows our pain. Uh, we talked about he knows our hearts, and uh, we used some verses from Jeremiah and Romans to talk about that. Uh, we talked about how God was near to us in our suffering. We used Psalm 34, where the psalmist is saying that the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them and delivers them from their troubles. The Lord's close to the brokenhearted. We talked about the little uh, the story, which Gabe told me was a poem about the, the man walking on the beach, seeing just one set of footprints when he's suffering and realizing that that God is carrying him through his suffering and that he doesn't abandon us and how that's, uh, even if that's an imperfect example, it really does kind of fit with what the truth is and, and how the Lord helps us in our suffering. And then we finished last time talking about how God knows our pain because he saw his own son die horribly and didn't just see it as an observer like a lot of us probably did, but consigned his son to die in order to save us, even though we were a world full of broken and sinful people. So going forward, the next point we want to start with is that God is big enough to deal with your pain, your confusion, and even your anger. We don't have a God that is understanding of our our uh, pain, but doesn't want to talk about it or doesn't have an answer for us or will get scared if we start bringing up hard questions and he just poofs and disappears and isn't there for us, but it's clear from the Bible that people who were very close to him, people that that had a good relationship with God, could cry out and could express their their fear, their pain, their discomfort, and even their anger with him, and that that 
if handled rightly, if, if your anger with God doesn't cross into blasphemous territory where you're blaming him for things that he didn't do, that that's not a sin and that God is comfortable with us expressing our anger towards him and is able to come to us in our anger and show us his goodness. So Gabe and I looked at this into uh, just one psalm here to express this point is Psalm 22, and it's a psalm of David. And uh, I think there's 31 verses here, and Gabe and I talked about like we could read this whole uh, whole chapter, this whole psalm, because it it's just all great stuff, and it uh, most of it applies to our situation. But I just want to jump around here tell you a few verses from the psalm and then we can go back over it and talk about it. So verses 1 and 2, and again this is Psalm 22, say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Again, verse 11 says, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. And Gabe and I talked about like that's how we felt when we were going through the loss of our children that, you know, you might have had a good relationship with God or you thought you had a good relationship with God before you lost your child. But then when you go through that, it can feel like you're crying out for God and he's nowhere to be found or you don't feel him in the way that you would like to feel him. So David knows what that's like. And again, here in verse 19, he says, but you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. So he's crying out to God and saying, hey, I'm lost. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know where else to turn if you're not here for me to get strength from you. So please come to me. Don't be far away from me. And then again here, I'll read verse 24 down to the end. As it says, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. He has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I'll perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the end of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship you. For kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the ones who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. And the first thing I want to say is just, there's a whole lot there. There's there's a lot to this whole psalm. And like I said, you need to go and read Psalm 22 because it's pretty, to me at least, it's, it's really cool to see that like, Bible characters aren't all perfect people. If you don't know the Bible, Bible characters aren't perfect people who have everything together and you can't relate to them. But there's a lot of characters in the Bible who you can probably relate to their pain, their frustration, their temptation, their anger. And you can learn that, you know, what they went through is not so different than what you went through, what you're going through now, even though they were thousands of years before you. But uh, something that Gabe and I were just talking about before this podcast is I was listening to another podcast and they were saying that like in Hebrew and, and early Christian tradition, if they were referencing a psalm in whole, that they would just quote like the first line, the first couple lines. And they're not just like saying, 
you know, here's, here's a quote from a cool literature I know, but they're like referencing the whole Psalm and saying like, you know, I could quote this cause this is where I am right now. And if this Psalm sounds familiar to you, the beginning of it, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is what Jesus was quoting when he was on the cross. And this Psalm, not all the Psalm is prophetic. It's, you know, it's David crying out in his pain. But if you go to, to verse 16, 17, 18, it says, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. For my clothing they cast lots. And again, if you know the story of the Bible, if you know what happened to Jesus, that's a direct prophecy of him. His hands and his feet were pierced by the nails that held him on the cross. And in verse 18 there, all the soldiers divided his garments up, and then for one piece of them, they cast lots because they didn't want to tear it up. And so it's it's really cool, and it it's something that resonates with me to know that our Savior, who was fully God and fully man, quoted this psalm or started, you know, if, if this person in this other podcast is correct and that that's a practice that was around at, at Jesus' time, then Jesus was referencing this whole psalm. And so he was saying, along with David, you know, everything we just read, don't be far from me, Lord. Why have you forsaken me and my groaning? You know, Jesus is expressing this distance that he felt from God and this this fear of being forsaken or just not having God right there to turn to. And if anyone knows, if any being in the universe knows that our God is close to us and near to us and will never forsake us or turn away from us. It would be Jesus who is one with God. So for our savior to feel this way and to express himself in this way in the midst of his suffering, I think that should be pretty comforting to us to know that like, he's not someone that we can't understand. Like he, he knows where we, where we are, where we have been and he will help us. He's steady. He's someone that we can count on to carry us through our pain and to be there for us when we're feeling all these things that we can't explain. Or maybe we even feel guilty about the way that, that we are angry with God or, you know, we feel like this, like, God, why have you forsaken me? And then we go into that cycle of, well, I know God and I know intellectually God hasn't forsaken me. So that's a sin for me to feel that way. And then you pull further away from God and then you feel more forsaken. If you pull, pull further away, like don't feel like that's a sin. Like Jesus, Jesus quoted this as well. So I don't, I don't think it's a sin to feel far from God. If you are genuinely wanting to, to feel his presence and to, to feel him reaching out to you. So Gabe, I'm sure you have something to say about oh, this man, amazing yeah. Psalm too. <clears throat> Man, that was just so so much there and so powerful. And again, that whole psalm, like you said, Will, is so powerful. Definitely want guys to go back and read that and and see, you know, see what all Jesus was feeling right here. As we know, that was a direct prophecy of him. But obviously what David was feeling too, you know, because David wrote this obviously in a very difficult time in his life. You know, the opening verses is a psalm of David in his distress. So here's the king, right? The, the, Israel's greatest king. Uh, the king who the Bible says was a man after God's own heart. And he obviously had his, he had his struggles and challenges and character flaws as well. 
But a couple things I thought just about what you just said was uh, emotions. You know, God gave us emotions. Mm -hmm. And so he's not surprised when we feel emotions of sadness or emotions of grief or emotions of despair or emotions of hopelessness or, you know, emotions of um, blame. Okay. Some I would say, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's not surprised by those because he gave us the ability to feel those things. And um, so that being said, you know, he understands if we're going to question a situation just like this, like had God forsaken Jesus forever? No. And, so what we see in this in this whole psalm is that there's I wrote down the word or the phrase the path. There's this path that the psalmist goes through here, where he's like kind of blaming God, like God, you you why have you forsaken me? Like you know, God, it's your fault. Why have you turned your back on me? And then he kind of comes to that point of like, well, okay, maybe God hasn't forsaken me. So God. Don't be far from me, right? Verse 11, be not far from me, for trouble is near and there is none to help me. So he's just kind of starting to realize, like, okay, God's the one that's going to help me here. And and I I'd certainly probably was there, and I'm, I'm sure you were too, and the guys listening, where uh, we were in that same, you know, path where it's like, God, what's going on? Like, why are you allowing this to happen? And then it's like, okay, now I've just got to turn to God to, for my help in this. You know, and then mm-hmm. verse 19, again, be not far off from me. Um, my help come quickly to my aid. So then you would come to a point where we're like begging God to intervene, right? Maybe begging God to intervene to heal our child or, <laughs> or if that time, if the child had passed, begging God to come and just help us get out of bed, you know, the next mm-hmm. day to be able to go to work or to take care of our, the rest of our family or whatever the case may be. And then verse 25, you get to kind of the culmination of that and, and through the rest of it where it's like the psalmist realizes that is where his help comes from. God does understand. God is with him. And and so now God is to be praised because God showed up. Um, it's like that Toby Mac song uh, right now that talks about uh, he's, 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 he's never late. You know, he's, he's going to come to your aid. Um, he says, I lived enough life to say help is on the way. Oh, great song by Toby Mack. And, and it's a newer song. And, and you know what? That dude has been through it, too. Right. He just lost a son a couple years ago, unfortunately, I think, to a drug overdose. And, and so he understands uh, as well. And so the, definitely want you to check out that song if you haven't and realize that that song is certainly... Um, you know, given some some credence even to this psalm in that when you don't know where to look, you can look to the Lord and realize that your help is on the way, right? Mm-hmm. And God's going to be there for you. And that's why at the end of that psalm, he says, they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. Mm-hmm. So God's completed his purposes. He's going to take us from death to life <clears throat> and he's going to get us through those difficult times and certainly he did to Jesus too. Not did Jesus have to suffer death and on and torture and on the cross? Mm-hmm. Yes. But after that he resurrected. Now he lives forever. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he's complete and he's perfect. And he's given us that opportunity to be the same way through him, which is a blessing. And so I thought about emotions, thought about the path. And I thought about the brother, like Jesus is also our brother, right? He is, he is not only our King, but, he is our 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 brother because we are we are co heirs with Christ as the Bible says, um, and so again he's he's walked a path of suffering that 
not even we can be able to understand because we will not suffer as he did. You know, we're just not going to do it. There's just no way that we're going to suffer like he did. No one's ever going to suffer like he did. Not even people that go through torture physically are going to suffer like he did because the people that go through torture physically do not have the wrath of God being poured out on them and have all of sins, um, all of humanity's sins uh, laid on their shoulders to burden the responsibility of that and have to bear the brunt of God's wrath on all that sin. So the emotional distress that Jesus went through, the spiritual distress he went through, is going to be unlike anything we've ever will ever have to experience, thank God. Um, and so that should give us comfort that not only can he understand our pain and our, and our difficulties, uh, and but that he also uh, can understand way more, um, and that should give us comfort that if God was there to, to rescue him through that, God's going to be there to rescue us through that. And again, he comes along beside us and is like, I've been there, right? Mm. And we said before, God's been there. God lost the son. Right? God not only lost his son, he gave up his son uh, willingly on the cross, watched him die when he could have rescued him from that punishment, but he didn't because he wanted to save the rest of us. And so obviously that's why Jesus said, greater love has no man in this, that he laid down his life for, for his friend, because Jesus did that for us, right? And also uh, <clears throat> Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 14 says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet was without sin. So that verse, again, the end of that verse is you know, referencing the fact that, hey, Jesus was tempted, right? And Jesus did not sin. But I think if we take that in regards to what we're talking about here as well, and again, I'm not trying to take scripture out of context, but my point is this, is that it says, you know, we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. So whenever we feel weak, whenever we feel troubled, whenever we feel distressed, whenever we feel like we're alone, whenever we feel like God's not there for us, or that God's left us, or God's abandoned us, or God doesn't, you know, you know, whatever, like, we can look back to this psalm and be like, you know what? Jesus felt that way too. But did Jesus stay there? Did he stay stuck in that mind? No. He came out the other side of that realizing, hey, God, God's there for me. God's my rescuer. God knows what he's doing. And God's going God's gonna to win Okay, in the end. And he, he, he rescued him. And that's why he said that he has done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that ran through my head when you said that. But like one of the things, I guess one of the things that I... You know, we didn't even touch on verse 13 and 14, but like <clears throat> David says here, like, they opened wide their mouths at me like a ravening lion. I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. And then 15, my strength is dried up like a pot shirt and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. And so like, to me, I just, I read those and that's, I think I wrote a little, letter to our son and I read it at his uh, his service and I said something to the effect of like I feel like a cup that I've been poured out and then I've been like left out in the sun to dry mm. and like everything in my heart has been burned up like there's nothing left in me and for David to directly say this and for Jesus to reference it like 
I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. Like you imagine, like I'm poured out. Everything in me is gone. It's been pushed. It's been poured out. My bones are all out of joint. So I'm, I'm broken. I'm, I'm you know, I'm just ruined. Physically, my heart is like wax. It's me just melted within my breast. My strength is dried up. My tongue sticks to my jaws. So I'm so thirsty. I'm just dying for that next drink. You lay me in the dust of death. So like that's a, it's a pretty low point. So I don't know about everyone else out there, but you know I I certainly felt that low point sometimes. And so just again to to know that that Jesus felt that way and that that David felt that way is very comforting to me just to say like we've said over and over in this podcast like you are not alone like Gabe and I know to a certain extent how you feel and how you felt in the loss of your child and I would say to a much greater extent Jesus understood and understands how you feel and has been through similar pain than the way what you have and, and certainly God does as well and I love to, I don't want to just say the same thing you said, Gabe, but I, that really is cool to me to see how like Jesus or, or David lays out like this progression in thought, like you said, you know, like just the, the despair you go through with verse one, like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So God's forsaken me. And then you said in verse 11, he comes around to like, please be not far from me for trouble is near and there's none to help. And like, if someone truly has forsaken you and you believe they have then i guess you could cry out like don't be far from me for trouble is near there's none to help but it does feel like a plea to someone who you think might help or you you know you have faith in maybe to turn around and help and then verse 24 is like coming full circle where it says for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted he has not hidden his face from him but he has heard when he cried to him (laughs) so to see like we're in the same place or we were in the same place, like you said, that we felt at times God's forsaken us. And then at times we felt like it feels like God's forsaken me, but I know he really hasn't. So I'm going to cry out to him. And then now we're both in a place where we know we can say confidently worth with verse 24 that God did not despise us or hate us in our affliction he didn't hide his face from us, but he heard when we cried to him. And the same is true for you, that wherever you are in that cycle right now, if, if you feel like God's forsaken you and you're angry with him because you think he's forsaken you, if you feel like he has forsaken you, but you, you believe or you're choosing to believe that he hasn't fully forsaken you and you want him to draw near, or if you're in that place of peace and rest and comfort in him that you do know and you feel that he hasn't forsaken you, all of that is okay. All of that is a part of, of normal grief. All that is, as we can see here, is biblical to feel that way as long as you are allowing the Lord to work in your heart and to draw you closer to him rather than than allowing it to just continue to fill you with bitterness and push you away from the Lord. And even that bitterness is... You know, that's, I think that's a natural part. Like you talked about emotions, like that's mm-hmm. something that same thing can happen with our wives. You know, if we just let things continue to get worse, continue to get worse, the bitterness can grow. But if you, if you lean on the Lord and like we just talked about here in this episode, like, you know, that he's not, like we've said before, floating up in the clouds, doesn't know how we're feeling. Like he's just, everything's perfect for him and, and he can't relate. Like, 
our our savior was beaten he was mocked he was persecuted and he ultimately took on our sins and died on a cross went through greater suffering than we could ever go through so he knows what it's like and not only did he go through these things but he went through these things for us to draw us closer to him so if there's anyone that we can count on to carry us through our time of suffering and to be there for us to know what it's like when we suffer it's certainly god and jesus man well i don't know how else to better say it than that brother and i think right now for this for this episode we're gonna we're gonna uh shut it down and then next episode what we're going to do is get into the fact that there are other men who also know your pain and know what it feels like to go through what you're going through. And so that's another, which is why we're doing what we're doing. You know, so <clears throat> just remember what Will just said, that God understands, God knows, God can sympathize, and he's with you. And he's with you along the process. Will and I have been in every phase of Psalm 22 mm-hmm. as far as the... Um, you know, the, that whole path of those emotions. And, you know, now, thankfully, we're on the other side of that, where we're at the end of that, where we're realizing that God did not leave us. He did not forsake us. And he's brought us through that. Uh, not saying we don't, I'm sure I, I do. You probably do too. Some days wake up and just like maybe the, mm-hmm. maybe it'll hit you, you know, some of that, 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 the cloud, uh, I used to say, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, but, but God's gotten us through that, and we just believe that if you allow Him, God will get you through to the end of that psalm as well. So thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you all follow us on um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Lost Boys, The Found Fathers. And then you can also check out uh, my book. It's called Thy Will Be Done. Just look for that on Amazon. Thank you all for joining us today. I will get episode the next episode up and running real quickly. So let's remember that we don't want to be lost. We don't want to be found in Him.